Welcome again to Change Your Mind About You, where we are on a journey together to awaken to our true identity. I'm your host, Kevin Mack, and in today's episode, we're going to go back to discuss the fundamental premise upon which the teachings of Jesus are based. This podcast is devoted to helping us gain an understanding of the nature of reality so that we can bring our lives more closely into alignment with it. The reality of which we speak is a spiritual reality, and in, in, in it is infinite in nature, rather than physical and finite in nature. Yet because we currently perceive ourselves as finite physical beings, it's difficult for us to wrap our minds around infinite concepts. In the last episode, we described our collective reality as a single, indivisible whole. How did we come to this conclusion? There are several teachings in the New Testament we need to look at. Let's first look at Mark 12. Here Jesus is asked by one of the religious leaders what the most important commandment in the law is. Jesus replied in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is one, a single, indivisible whole. Verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Verse 31. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Notice how Jesus describes the manifestation of the oneness of God as wholly loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. That's because God is love. It says that in 1 John 4 and verses 8 and 16, and you and your neighbor are created in his image and likeness, as it says in Genesis 26, or Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. Now, this concept of love, what does it do? Does it separate or does it join together? Let's go to Colossians 3. Here, the Apostle Paul writes about the virtues we were created to express. And he, and he reinforces here what Jesus taught in Mark chapter 12. Let's look at Colossians 3 and verses 13 through 14. It says there, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. This is the forgiveness we spoke about in the previous episode. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, which means to forgive as Jesus taught us to forgive, not as the world teaches us to forgive. Again, we went through that in the previous episode. Verse 14. And over all these virtues, 
put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love, then, is the binding force that joins us all together as one. But before it can do that, our perception of reality must be altered through forgiveness so that instead of seeing many separated individuals, we see the oneness of created reality. So in order to learn the love that Jesus demonstrated, we must practice his forgiveness. Paul reinforces this point again to the Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians 4, and we're going to read verses 2 through 6. Paul wrote there, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. How do we overcome that impulse to judge? To overcome the impulse to judge means to forgive. Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. God is Spirit, it says that in John 4, 24, and we are created in His image, as we said earlier, which means we are Spirit if God is Spirit, since we're created in His image. God is love, and we are love. And that same spirit is shared by all. That's what that means. That's why we are to love God and love our neighbor. That is our created purpose. And when you live according to your purpose, you're at peace. There's no inner conflict present to separate us at all. Verse 4. There is one body and one spirit. Now we'll go to verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Now what I want to do here now is hone in on that last verse. I want you to try to visualize this as a square on some graph paper. I call this the square of life. The easiest way to visualize this is to take a piece of graph paper and draw a large square on it, making sure to use the lines on the graph paper to form the outer perimeter of the square. Having done this, you'll notice that the inside of the square contains many, many identical small squares whose borders consist of the lines on the graph paper. Now let's label the large square as God and the smaller squares inside that larger square as all that is. Notice how all that is is in God. And everything that is fills the entire space inside the perimeter of the large square, which represents God. There are no empty spaces to separate anyone or anything from all the others. 
Each and every one of the parts is an aspect of God, if you will. This is what Paul meant when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 13 and 14. He wrote, therefore, we are all baptized in. And that word, those terms, baptized in, means immersed in. For we were all immersed in, like the smaller squares are immersed in that larger square. We are all immersed in one spirit. Who is that one spirit? God. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, the, focusing on the differences here that we see in our world. And we were all given this one spirit to drink, meaning the spirit is our source of life. Verse 14, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So this one body has many interconnected parts. The one body is an indivisible whole. And all of the parts are made of the same stuff, spirit. As its creator, its source, is spirit. We have small squares within a large square. So if God is spirit, his creation, that which is contained within God, is also spirit. So that spirit permeates everything within God, the larger square. The point here is this. No matter where we think we are, we cannot exist outside of God. John wrote about this in John chapter 1 and verse 3. He wrote there, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And the Apostle Paul wrote a similar description in Colossians 1 verses 16 and 17. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things all that is, have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things, all that is, hold together. God encompasses all that is. That larger square which represents God, contains the smaller squares, which represents all that is. We are in God because we are made of the same substance as God, and he is in us. So now let's look at the area outside the large square on our graph paper. Based on what we know to be true about creation now, that God created all that is, and in him all things exist and hold together, what must be true about the area outside the larger square? It symbolizes what does not exist. 
There is no life outside of God. What exists according to God's will is in God. And God fills the entirety of all that is. There are no empty spaces within God that he doesn't occupy. Notice what David wrote in Psalm 139, verse verse 7. He uses a rhetorical question here. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? There's nowhere to go. There is no getting away from God. And since God is love, there is no getting away from love. God is love, as it says in 1 John 4 and 16. Verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Look back at your diagram. Whoever lives in love lives in God. All right. You are inside of that big square. And God in them. And the same stuff that is in the inside of that square is inside your little square. God is in you. And this love is perfect love, as it says in Matthew 5.48, a love that is complete in every way. Now, how are we able to recognize in ourselves such complete love? This is how love is made complete among us. This is verse 17 of 1 John 4. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Now, Jesus told Philip back in John 14, verses 9 and 10, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He expressed the exact representation of God's being, Hebrews 1.3. Paul called him the image of the unseen God, Colossians 1.15. The small square that perfectly represents the large square in the square of life, that's what Jesus is. And he's no different from us. Each of us, in reality, is one of those little squares too. A divine aspect created in the image of the singular whole, which we all share in. Yet why don't we perceive ourselves in that way? Verse 18 of 1 John 4 tells us, gives us a hint. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Perfect love, the image of God, has no fear. Fear cannot exist when God's presence in you is fully realized. But living in the world we see, we have learned to harbor fears, haven't we? Why? Because the one who fears is not made perfect in love. But wait a minute. 
Didn't we just say that everything that is, is in God and must therefore be perfect love, which is totally without fear? That's our reality, isn't it? But all of us in the world have fears. Thus, we do not appear to be made perfect in love, as John wrote. Is this a contradiction? No, not at all. Our reality is that we are created perfect in love. But we think that we are not perfect in love because we all have fears. So if we do not think we are perfect in love, where do we think we are in relation to God, the larger square in the diagram? Where do we think we are? We think we are outside of the large square, separated from God and from our brothers and sisters our neighbors. But what is out there according to our diagram? Nothing. How can that be? John gives us a hint. In verses 20 and 21 of 1 John 4, he says there, whoever claims to love God and yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. As Jesus said before when he was questioned. The nature of reality is to love both God and your brother and sister, that is, your neighbor. Because as the square of life shows us, we are all interconnected parts of a common singular whole. So to include God in your love and exclude some others is to be living a lie. Why is that? Because the God you claim to love dwells in those others whom you are excluding from your love. To exclude someone from your love is to judge them in whom God dwells as unworthy of love. Thus you judge God as being unworthy of all your love, so you separate from him. To separate from God means you have separated from your life source. That is why we both fear and believe in death. There is nothing outside of God's creation. And that is where we believe ourselves to be, off in a distant country, like the younger son in the parable, in a dream world that has no basis in reality. Thus, in a very real spiritual sense, we're asleep. Modern science has confirmed this. Notice what author Steve Taylor writes about in his book, Spiritual Science, Why Science Needs Spirituality to Make Sense of the World. On page 22 of the book, quote, Our sleep state is our desensitized or automatic perception of the phenomenal world. 
We perceive it through a veil of familiarity, paying little attention to our everyday experiences. We only wake up out of this mode under special conditions, such as when we have new experiences, travel to new environments, or experience higher states of consciousness. End quote. What the author here is describing is what we call our reality, the one we have made from ourselves apart from God in whom is our true reality. Where will our reality take us? Nowhere, for it is merely a dream or a wish for some kind of existence separate from God. Yet according to the teachings of Jesus that we graphically pictured in the square of life, such an existence is impossible. But our current existence seems so real, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But then again, it has also been said that the truth is stranger than fiction. More on that in our next podcast. So with that, our episode today comes to a close. Thank you once again for listening to Change Your Mind About You. I'm your host, Kevin Mack, reminding you that God is one, the one body, the one spirit of life which encompasses all that is. God not only encompasses all life, he permeates it with his very being. We do not perceive this because we believe God to be separate from us when in reality he is not. Since we do not perceive reality as it is, we must therefore be spiritually asleep, lost in a dream world of our own making. The only way out of the dream then is to awaken from our sleep and so that we may once again perceive the only true reality. So, until next time, take good care and be well, my friends. <laughs>